No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. Carried aloft upon the winds of battle, we drift through the inner sphere, wandering masterless and homeless, stricken by the memories of what was. Our forefathers were forced to witness the death and destruction of all they held dear, left behind by their fellow Star League soldiers, driven from the world they called home, hounded at every turn by the so-called Lords of Succession. Now we have been forced to live in exile and this mercenary lifestyle, fighting in the pay of one power or another, earning enough money to keep ourselves and our families whole, struggling to retain our independence. Yet even here, we retain our honor and serve only the noblest of causes, hoping against hope that someday the winds of battle shall carry us back to the home we cannot name once more. We are the Windborn Highlanders. The winds shall carry us home. Join us, windbornhighlanders.com, for recruitment and contracts. Live from the outreach studios around the world, this is a No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. And now, your host, Phil, a.k.a. Sean Lang. Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy podcast number 64. My name is Phil, and I'm your host. It is March 13, 2012, and my shout-out, it's going to go to our web team. I'd like to say thank you to Dave, Aaron, and Adam. You guys are amazing. And by the way, guys, the website is currently actually online. It's being spliced up and getting ready, and we actually have form integration already. I mean, it's just amazing. It's going to be so much better. I'm thoroughly excited, and I hope you guys will be as excited when you see it as I am and impressed by their work. So, again, thank you, guys. You guys are doing an amazing job. Darren, who do you have? Hey, I definitely second uh, your shout-out. This is Darren, also known as Bombadil. My shout-out today is actually going to Hayden, art, uh, artist extraordinaire. We've had him on the show before. Um, he made me basically a, a picture of uh, what I would like to imagine my Ilya Muramets would look like. Um, somebody can hopefully link that. It is awesome, and my favorite part is on the arm of the mech. It says, give me back my gallbladder. So, great job, Hayden. Love it. Thank you. Yeah, he sent me that little tidbit and said, hey, this is for Darren getting well. And uh, thank you again, uh, Mark. That was amazing. Actually, it was like, holy shit, it actually says give me back my gallbladder like <laughs> what's not to love about brandon who do you have tonight hello this is brandon also known as patrick hell and tonight my shout out to going to one a game that i've been playing on and off when i haven't had much time with a star conflict and having a lot of fun with that and also of course our live studio audience here with us today yes yes i know what game you're talking i actually haven't been able to play it i've been so busy but yes thank you to our live studio audience and greg welcome and how are you and what uh is your shout out I'm doing well. My shout is to all the urban mech pilots. There's a heavy mech inside all of you, and as we learned recently, possibly the other way around. Oh, yes. I loved it, dude. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and we'll get to that just uh, down the, it, down it the show. It has to be one of my favorites. I can't wait to talk about it. 
yeah it is pretty epic it's uh yeah he actually he, he surprised the shit out of me when he showed up i was like oh my god this is this is amazing so welcome to all of our live studio audience members and of course to all of our new listeners whatever you're doing in the world if you're walking to work or running to work working out at work i don't know whatever you're doing thank you again we ask hey if you like what we're doing and you have the ability go to our website and there's a tip jar on the right side of the website you just mouse over it and there's some different options hey show us your love if you like what we're doing and we would greatly appreciate it thank you so much if you have any plans to buy anything on amazon.com please help us by clicking through the amazon link on our website it's a button there it won't add anything to your charge but it gives ngng a little kickback and uh, it's a good way to support us if you can't donate directly that being said, by the way, we'll actually have more affiliates on our new website, such as I think we have, we've got uh, Amazon, Newegg, and Tiger Direct and stuff, and they'll be all nice and graphics. They won't just be this ugly thing that's currently on our website. More ways to buy cool shit and support us as well. All right, it is time for the No Guts, No Galaxy News, founded in 2011, reporting in 3050. Be sure to check out the latest videos at No Guts, No Galaxy TV on YouTube. And don't forget to like and subscribe and all that kind of stuff. Phil, what is going on with NGNG TV? Actually, I've been sort of slack. I meant to post up something last night, but I didn't. It's the Trebuchet 7K ride-along video. That's the one with the ERPPC and Goss Rifle. That'll be going up tonight. I apologize. Some things came up last night, and it sort of sidetracked me, so not going to lie. Actually... Uh, I'll admit I was playing some MechWare Online, um, so that's that's what that's what I was doing. So, all right, uh, Twitch TV is going well. I know you had a little um, technical difficulty. Was it yesterday, the day before? But everything is fixed and better than before. So be sure to check out our Twitch TV schedule on our calendar at NoGutsNoGalaxy.net. Yeah, actually, um, I updated uh, XSplit to 1.2. Totally fucked the goat on that one. I've actually converted over to OBS, did testing today. Everything works fine, and I actually get better performance with OBS. And you know what? It's freaking free. singing the praises of OBS ever since I got it. The only issue is it's a little, uh, or at least on the old own 3D TV before it shut down, it wouldn't automatically upload whatever I was recording to own site, so I couldn't, like... But with XSplit, it automatically did that, so I would record a session, and it'd be up there. But now that Owen isn't even around anymore, who cares? XSplit is free. XSplit... Or OB, OBS. Like zero, or excuse me, uh, OBS is free. It has relatively no impact on your frame rate, from what I can see. And it's relatively simple to work with. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things where I did a little bit of testing today. Thank you again to Lethal Rose. Uh, helping me out getting that configured and uh by the way um if you twitch if you stream you need to email me right now or when you're listening to this sean lang at nogutsnogalaxy.net i am basically organizing all of the twitch streamers for mwo and i'm looking for people to help me uh you know basically propagate the ngng tv's page uh, along with creating a master list of all of the streamers with MWO. Um, so please email me and uh, I will get in touch with you as soon as possible. Help us help you help MWO. I'm still thinking about that uh, poor goat. But anyway, looking for more members for your Battletech or MechWarrior unit? Advertise with NGNG today and reach thousands of potential recruits. For your own unit ad, head over to our website and check out the support NGNG page for more information. Critical Hits number 21, The Hero Inside. Now, if you like Urban Mechs and you like the Jagger Mech, this is the comic 
for you, yes? Yes. It's so funny because, you know, I send out the uh, the, the comic strip to uh, a few individuals, uh, PGI and IGP and stuff, and uh, uh, one of the guys I send it to, he actually doesn't know Battletech very well, and he's like, uh, I don't get it. And I was like, what do you mean you don't get it? Like, it's just, it's priceless. Yeah, I mean, you can even see it visually, and it's awesome. So, and he didn't, he just didn't get it. So, it, it was great. Indeed. And speaking of awesome, this week's Community Spotlight is titled Rise of the Cataphract. And holy shit, this is an amazing picture. Somebody going to link that? Phil, you do it for me? I've got it. Just posted up now. I actually just saw this earlier today, and this was actually posted on the MWO forums. And it was done by The Uncle. And here is the direct uh, uh, picture itself and thread. If you want to give your support, go to that thread right now. Give him your your love. And I'm actually going to get in contact with The Uncle. If you're listening to this podcast, I should be in contact with you shortly. I want to see more of this kind of stuff. Yeah, more. Yes. You know, I love all the forms of Battletech art, but for whatever reason... This was just uh, exactly what I needed to see. It might be because I love this mech also, but just beautiful, amazing artwork. Most definitely. Send your community spotlight submissions to spotlight at nogutsnogalaxy.net. Local games, we still have that Southern California Battletech Cup. It is the West Coast Battletech event in Fullerton, California. It takes place on Sunday, April 14th from 12 p.m. to 10 p.m. at the Firebase location, Card Addiction Games. Call 714-870-1194 for more information, and details will be posted in the show notes. Are you playing a tabletop game in your area and looking for more players, or do you want to start one? If so, we'd love to announce it for you for free. Email us at localgames.nogutsnogalaxy.net with your information. Don't forget to send us your pictures. And finally, funding for this podcast is brought to you by you. This is a listener-supported podcast, and your donations keep us on the air and pay for such things as hosting TeamSpeak 3 equipment, software prizes, and other projects. Check out our tip jar on the right side of the website. Podcast unit ads, George Ledoux and B.B. Wolf recorded messages and unit ads. And speaking of this stuff, Phil, what's uh, coming as far as... Uh, our website store when we launch the new website and so forth so one of the things right now what i'm actually doing guys is uh, i know i talked about getting the t-shirts up well we ran into sort of like a logistic issue is if we're going to ship internationally we need our own scales so we're actually signing up uh you know stuff like stamps.com to where we can basically handle international ships uh shipping right now because right now if we don't it's we it's sort of like a big unknown so t-shirts right now we can do inside the u.s and i know that's gonna frustrate everyone else but until we get um that equipment and basically signed up we can't do anything international just yet i mean literally like shipping a t-shirt in the united states might cost a few bucks the most shipping it internationally could all of a sudden add a 20 25 charge let's just say this Another thing, um, I took a, a manila uh, envelope, the padded ones, a big envelope, and I had a 2XL t-shirt, and I took it down to the post office, and I was like, how much would this be to ship in the U.S.? And they are like, it would be like 200, uh, not 200, uh, $2.50. $2. I was like, okay, well, how much would it be uh, internationally? He was like, well, what, like Canada? And I was like, well, what about Germany? He said it would be $15 to ship to Germany. And I was like, okay, well, does that come with tracking information or anything like that? He said, no, the only uh, shipping uh, to go to Germany is like express mail. And I was like, well, is that a lot more? And he was like, oh, yeah. And for the exact same package, right, 
is $50 to Express Mail. So there's no way for me really to track international because he even said it. Sometimes they uh, track to the country. Sometimes they track to the door. Sometimes they don't track at sometimes all. It's just the hemisphere. Like, yeah, I think it got on the right continent. Yeah. So, uh, again, to everyone in the U.S., we'll actually have those up soon. Now, you know, it's one of those things where I have to pull Dave and Adam and Aaron away from the, uh, the new website to get this sort of our current website interface working but uh, it is actually on our plans of to do and again all of the t-shirts are actually not the Irby ones which were supposed to come today which they never delivered but all the old NGNG t-shirts are actually sitting right over here so I've got them all inventoried and ready to go it's just uh, yeah basically we got 20 or so shirts uh, with the mechs on them uh, with the previous designs we did Um, we may or may not be printing more of those we don't know at this point Um, and we got a bunch of the Irby uh, sitting on the mushroom uh, Atlas head hookah shirts coming well since they didn't come today it's got to be tomorrow so those are going to be available and they are awesome as far as giveaways right now, if you go to nogalaxynogalaxy.net, we've got another model kit giveaway, and that's on our front of the page. Again, what you have to do, you go there, you register, you make a post, follow the instructions. It's post a Battletech pilot's name, a MechWarrior pilot's name that uh, is in a Battletech novel or story that's piloted a Stinger uh, battle mech. So go ahead and do that, and uh, you can be entered in. The Death's Hand Brigade sends greetings to all freelance mercenaries of the Inner Sphere. The Brigade is now actively accepting contracts and is also seeking pilots for our European and Oceanic battalions. We have over 200 Brigadiers combat ready and are a tight-knit group of friends who focus on having fun together. We fight hard and we train harder. If you're interested in being a part of the premier mercenary corporation in the Inner Sphere, contact our Hyperpulse Generator at deathshandbrigade.net. Will you be behind the death's hand or the throat in front of it? Look for us dirt side. We'll be waiting. Let's go ahead and roll into our guest. And specifically, we've had this guy on the show. He's awesome. I actually love talking with him because he's so insightful. And just to dive into the mind of Brian Ekman. Welcome again, Brian. How are you? I'm doing great. It's great to be here. And uh, thanks for having me on again. Oh, not a problem. Thank you for making the time out of your day. Now, again, you're the creative director over at Prana Games, correct? Yeah, that's right. I basically manage uh, all things creative from uh, art direction to game design. All right. So specifically, how are things going? You know, let us know. Like, give us the, you know, the DL, if you will. Uh, they're going great. Uh, we're into our first quarter of the new year. Uh, we've had uh, a lot of great patches. Some good contents come out. Uh, we've stabilized the game. Uh, we've improved performance. Uh, we've kind of got a lot of the laundry list features out of the way that we had uh, for open beta. And now we're really kind of charging ahead into uh, new territory. So that's exciting. Um, the next kind of quarter is really about... Um, adding the first kind of layers before community warfare so things like 12v12 some new ui elements team structure like lances and and commanders and uh the lobby system we'll get some more details on that later but uh we're starting to add in some of those features that people have been asking for for a really long time now so super exciting Uh, quarter coming up I, i was instructed to tell you by someone wink wink no dates i don't know what that meant I just figured I'd pass that on. What do you think the overall reception has been of of the most recent content? The UI updates, the new mechs, like I know uh, Phil here loves the trebuchet, maps, etc. What is the overall perception of the reception? Uh, So far, I think 
Everybody's been really happy with the fact that we're adding content on multiple levels. We're adding content for new players. We're polishing that new first experience by adding tool tips and, and information for those new players, like the tra uh, testing grounds and um, just the, the, um, the hard point overlays and things like that. Uh, we've fixed a lot of those ugly kind of blemishes in the UI. Uh, there's still more to go, but I think we just made it easier for a new user to understand how to actually play the game. And, uh, you know, we're starting to add in, like we had our first map in forever, which we're super proud of, Alpine. Desert, Tourmaline Desert comes online in just under a week, which is exciting. And we have two more maps queued up. So, uh, so far, so good. I was going to say, I thought uh, in this latest patch, a lot of people were obviously going after the trebuchet and all, all that. Actually, you know, to me, I felt like the testing grounds was probably the most important feature but it was also like the, I wouldn't say it's the sort of underdog, like as far as all the content, but obviously for those out there that have been playing forever, you know, you're like, oh, well, why do I need a testing grounds or, you know, just some way. But to me, I feel like all of those new player issues, being able to hop in there, understand the nuances of torso twist and, and uh, arm, you know, the dual crosshairs and all of this, it just, to me, it felt like that was the most and sort of, uh, I don't know, did, is that how you guys feel? Yeah, like I thought that, I, that I'd be hearing a lot more uh, excitement regarding that because it seemed to me like that was hugely popular as far as something that people wanted incorporated into the game. But then it seemed like, you know, all I've been hearing about is the trebuchet or the, the maps or whatever. Didn't really hear a lot of uh, noise about it, but I think it's an amazing feature and super great to bridge the gap for the new players. Yeah, most definitely. So, you know, obviously this past uh, two weeks, uh, Brian, has been quite interesting we had a discussion on consumables last uh, week and it was actually a day before i believe you yourself released another post and thread about hey we went back to the drawing boards we looked at your guys's concerns and they were valid concerns and discussion topics and here's what we've came out with and you guys sort of did a, a then and now approach what are your thoughts on what you guys initially proposed and what is now on the table uh, yourself. Well, we generally, whenever we design things, uh, there's a lot of designs that don't actually get put into place. So what you see, the final design is just a tip of a really big pyramid. So we had tons of ideas of how we could implement the system and we kind of had to pick a, a direction. And part of our, the reason we do the command share posts is to kind of propose something to the community and we do so ahead of time so that we can make tweaks to it uh, if we see a lot of feedback and we did we got a ton of feedback we heard you loud and clear so we quickly quickly did a 180 on some of the things we proposed luckily through lessons learned in previous features we built the consumable system to handle that kind of change so it was really structurally easy for us to uh, listen to the feedback from the community and make small modifications to to the system. Now, I was going to say, I mean, by uh, feedback, I, I was actually, I was talking to Darren about this and uh, the forums exploded. There was a lot of hate and, you know, oh my God, I'm going to quit. It's pay to win. And obviously they did have some valid concerns and we talked about that uh, last week in the show. Uh, the only thing I, I just want to stress here is too, is bringing, if, if you guys come out with something and I guess maybe you can iterate here, um, if, if you guys come out with something and we don't necessarily agree, 
is me going on the forums and going, oh, you guys are freaking horrible and blah, blah, blah. I mean, does that really get your guys' attention or is it more of the, hey, we're going to look at a calm, level-headed discussion topics, maybe even talk to players out there in the community and actually have a discussion? I mean, Phil, is this a way for you to brag about how adult our conversation was? No, I, I feel like uh, someone out there could also say, oh, well, you know, we have to act this way to get PGI to, to make the changes we deserve. And I feel like squeaky wheel gets the oil. Yeah, you know, and unfortunately, I think sort of sort of reinforces. But anyways, I guess yeah, I was going. I, I, yeah, let me talk to that because I, I know what you're trying to say. Uh, I did. I said a post. I think it was a dev response a long time ago, like a, a the 32 or 31. Uh, Ask the devs responses, and I, I said that we tend to listen to people that had fewer posts. It was kind of spun not the way I want it to be spun, but we don't react to negative feedback. We don't react to people who come out and all they say is a completely critical, non-constructive post. Uh, those get ignored immediately. We actually look between the lines. We look for those nuggets, those gems, where somebody actually takes the time to write a thoughtful post, which is completely valid from their point of view. And then we try to uh, address that point of view or try to make them see our point of view or answer it directly. So we, it may seem that we react to the, to the noise, the rabble rabble, so to speak, but we're actually trying to react our best to those people in between the lines that are actually making good points. Yeah. And I think that's actually really important. I guess that was just my sort of uh, point is that, you know, deep down inside some of these guys like, haha, see, they, you know, they, we, we had to act like this because if we don't, then, you know, the devs will just roll over us. Yeah. But, you know, uh, Paul and I, uh, you don't want to see our PM box. It's, it's like, I, I tell the team constantly, we're, it's like a hockey team. If you've ever visited or a or sports team, name your favorite sports team. If you've ever been to a sports team's forums or ever listened to sports radio, you just have so much passion there. And sometimes it's misdirected or misguided. And you just have to understand that it comes from a good place. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree. And the majority of them have good intentions. The communication and uh, the way tact or the presentation of a discussion topic or maybe even a little bit of an argument goes a long way to getting, I guess, getting yourself heard. But anyways, let's move on. Um, recently, you guys have mentioned new user controls. Obviously, you already mentioned the new map, uh, Termaline. Um, can you tell us a little bit about those two and how they're going to be integrated in, you know, as far as the new user controls themselves? Yeah, so one of the uh, one of the things we learned at E3 last year, watching people come up and try to play MechWarrior uh, online was, you know, people will walk up, try to play the game, and then walk away because it was... they. It wasn't what they expected. You know, as a first-person shooter or a first-person perspective, players expect a certain control scheme. And so we recognize that as a possible um, challenge for maybe uh, non-MechWarrior players. So what we've done is we've tried to address some of those concerns with these new new controls. And so we've added things like a gas pedal as opposed to a boat throttle, which is what we have now. Uh, we've added um, the ability to turn your legs to where you're looking, which as a more experienced player I've been dying to have. It makes changes a complete game changer. Uh, and also adding in some more traditional controls that previous MechWarrior uh, games have had, um, like being able to set your throttle incrementally. So those those new features we've added to help uh, ease the introduction of players to how to play MechWarrior. Now they're on by default, so I'm just going to warn all those pro players out there, you're going to have to turn them off. It's really easy to do, and you can do it through the 
configuration uh, menu. And we've also added the key bindings to in-game. So when you hit escape, you can quickly adjust your uh, key settings without having to exit the match. So that's that's going to help uh, that experience a lot. So that's how we've attacked it. And those are the new features. Uh, and it does make the game play a little bit different. And uh, oh, yeah, and there's arm lock, too. We've um, we've reduced the friction point there, uh, made it a little bit easier for new players not to have to learn how to aim twice. So those so things we feel. By arm lock, you mean, I'm assuming uh, with two crosshairs, you're able to lock them in. So you don't have to worry about that sort of convergence or at least the, the control factor, which makes it a little bit easier. But for maybe a more skilled player, you can obviously unlock that and have that free sort of flow and extra, I guess, um, extra mobility and uh, aiming. Is that what that is? Yeah, that's right. So you have the existing controls that you're playing right now. And uh, on the next patch, you'll have a simplified version of those controls that just makes a few locks. So yes, arm lock is basically taking the, the arms and locking it to the torso crosshair. I think that's a great change because I'll be the first to admit I'm terrible aiming with the arms because I always forget that there's two radicals that I need to be paying attention to. And I just want to aim with the big one, kill the back in front of me. And like sometimes my arms are like off in the distance. Yeah, one of the reasons we didn't put that in to start with is it's a tactical advantage having them disconnected because you can actually aim further up with your arms than your torso. So it gave you that extra reach and made a bit of a difference between the mechs. So new players won't get that extra oomph, so to speak. I was going to say, yeah. Brian, speaking of the arm reticles, I don't know if you remember, but MechWarrior 3, I don't know if this was in Mech 4, so correct me out there, live studio audience, but in Mech 3, I could torso twist all the way to my right and then I could even go even further with my left arm and pretty much fire. And now your guys' system would sort of allow that uh, with your crosshair. Now, granted, uh, geometry where your actual cockpit glasses and being able to see behind, but that added uh, a level of skill. Uh, and what I mean by that is I remember watching players and you, you could just watch them and that high skill player would shield and then, you you know, fire a weapon, you know, shield and then, you know, switch around, fire again. Is that something that you guys have thought about possibly, you know, having the arms uh, go even further and give you a little bit more advantage? Right now, the arms will go as pretty much as far as they can physically. Uh, we could look at adding more movement left to say the left arm if you're looking left. But what happens is you, uh, you start aiming off screen, right? You can't actually see where you're aiming. If we had third person or some other camera system or rear camera or, or something like that, maybe we could do it. Uh, but for, for first person, it becomes difficult because you're aiming at nothing. Uh, it's already like that. You kind of aim through the center of your cockpit or sorry, to the left of your cockpit and you're actually dumb firing. You don't even see what you're hitting. Yeah, no, I, I get you. That was actually that was just one of those things that you were like, oh, that's definitely cool. Someone did say, and multiple multiples of you did say it was in MechWarrior 4. So there you have it. I don't remember it being in Mech 4, but uh, then again, it's been over 10 years since I played. So maybe that's why. So we're getting a new map as well. Um, I know uh, Brandon, our, our ninja over here, you guys posted a picture and he posted it soon up. Obviously, it's the Jaeger Mech and uh, the desert map. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about the desert map? Any uh, any details? Yeah, Tourmaline is going to be the largest map we have to date. Uh, it's probably the most alien looking. So for all those people looking for something off world, this definitely will kind of make you happy. Uh, it we kind of it takes inspiration from an actual rock, Tourmaline, and it's a kind of an op uh, it's a really dark, shiny rock. So you'll see those kind of structures all over the place. I would say it's our best looking map. Uh, it has a very interesting flow because it's uh, kind of like a pockmark. Uh, there's many, many different routes, many angles to attack. There's lots of places to hide. 
and there's lots of elevation changes uh, and undulations that you can move around. So it's going to take, when we bring 12v12 on, it'll really play into the three lands concept where you're, you have one, one go north, one go south, one go west kind of thing. Uh, so all these new big maps are playing into what's coming down the pipe and that's 12v12. No, I was going to say, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I know I talk to Brennan and Darren about it all the time. Uh, now, specifically, you guys introduced Alpine, and I, and I guess this sort of rolls into this map. You had a lot of people right off the bat that said, oh, Alpine, it's your best map. We want more of it. We love the open space. Uh, you also had people that said, hey, you know, I, I was expecting a little bit more environmental assets. There's really not a whole lot going on. It's too big. You know, extend the uh, counter for, you know, when you're doing conquest or the tickers. So, you know, and stuff like that. Now, have you used some of that feedback to, you know, for this particular map? Or are you guys making some changes due to those, uh, you know, decisions or basically the feedback, I should say? Yeah, well, we continually address um, and tweak the maps. You may or may not notice it, but we're constantly tuning them and we move a rock here or a tree there depending on what we're seeing in the telemetry data one of the uh, as a great example we put the the massive barge into forest colony to create a new uh, alley and a protection so there wasn't direct line of sight there so we'll continually to re continue to reevaluate alpine and see if there's anything we can do to make improvements to the gameplay experience 12v12 will probably want to be the single biggest change we are reviewing conquest right now in terms of the points and changing the points on a size on a per map size so yes we're looking at that and we want to bring that in because right now the amount of time it takes to move from one end to the other in uh, Alpine makes it not so fun. I want a forest city map in the mountains with lots of wide open spaces and lots of tight spaces and I want it to be large but feel small at the same time. Can you do that? I think you're going to like canyons which is coming up it does no city but there's uh, it has a bit of that feel where you have three main ro roads kind of like forest colony but it's in canyons but you can also get up it has three levels so it's a nine by nine map and that means three three ways to go and three elevation changes and so the strategy involved in that's quite we're seeing it play out quite interesting uh, and I think that'll kind of go towards what you're talking about there. <laughs> he delivers. Amazing. I was going to say, uh, you know, Brian, I, I feel like Alpine has done something. Uh, when you guys first introduced it, I mean, there was some like QQing. Oh, my God. Like I even saw uh, and I have no proof, but I saw a guy connect with a Al uh, A1, Catapult A1, Splat Cat. And he disconnected as soon as he saw it was Alpine. I'm going to go out there in a limb and say that he actually disconnected. And I've actually seen a few other people uh, do that as well. Not granted, some people just disconnect, but I feel like it's dynamically altered how people look at, well, when I drop, there's a random chance of me being on a long range map and I've got short range. And it, I mean, it's one of those, it's a risk versus reward. I take uh, long range weapons and someone gets it put in my face. I take short range weapons and I feel like it's a good thing to not force the player to sort of think outside the that sort of but i, I like the multi-ranged weapons platforms Diversity on a mech you know it's awesome yeah so very well yeah. done in my opinion with alpine yeah it, it's it definitely changed how people play the game uh they were able to pretty much use short medium range builds in most scenarios and get away with it now you have to kind of really have a balanced build you can't be centric to one or the other because you just don't know what map you're getting now that's good and it's it's fun but I think we can improve on that, and, and definitely through uh, our pre-lobby concept, we want to we want to pull some control back into the and put it into the players' hands. And part of that is allowing players to not outright choose maps, but to influence what 
is coming up next so like some kind of voting system so they can at least play on maps they really want to play on as a group uh, also we really want to pull into the lobby system uh, the ability for players to bring in uh, say up to four mechs like you have your own dropship and four mechs of the same class or the weight or weight type and with slightly different builds depending on the next map so that players can have uh, loadout builds at their fingertips and choose the best mech for that map. I think that will create more engaging gameplay because as teams will be able to coordinate much better. Well, I was going to say, uh, Darren, me and you play a game called War Thunder and the cool thing is you can take in multiple planes and your tactical decisions changed. So I can almost imagine a dropship mode. Maybe you start off and you realize maybe they're heavy missile boats and you, you know maybe your mech gets destroyed or maybe you're able to go back to a mech bay and swap out at a given time and stuff like that. I feel like dynamically it would it'll change things it'll be more enjoyable to have more than just one mech uh in, in the playing field um at least that's how i look at it and i enjoy uh that sort of style of play um in that game at least yeah i mean i think that just goes right along with what i said before diversity is awesome i love the different maps i love the different game modes uh everything that keeps being brought to the table makes the uh game more deep and that's what i like all right so is there any upcoming content or anything like like uh, the road ahead, you just want to tell everyone who's listening to this to stay tuned or watch out for anything. This, uh, is, this is where you should give us those specific <laughs> dates. Yes, dates. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, what, this month was obviously hugely about uh, new users, uh, uh, more maps, uh, more polish, uh, just the steady stream of content. So you can expect a steady stream of mechs every month, some hero mechs, patterns, all those things that you come accustomed to seeing. The big features coming out, 12v12. That's going to be within the earliest. It's probably going to be May. Uh, I want to, I'm pushing for April, but we're trying to get it out in May. Uh, then, so that's like a, a layer on that big pyramid we're building called MWO. Uh, team structures coming into place. So that means the, a lance leader. So being able to organize into lances via the group system in the front end, and also being able to organize into lances in once you're actually in a match. So that means being able to go join a lance and leave a lance and move move around. So that's that's gonna help again with tactics. Uh, and that's a precursor to community warfare. Uh, the lobby system will be coming out uh, probably in the next 90 days. So June-ish, uh, that's uh, the design's ready to go. We're happy with what we wanna do there. Uh, before we launch, we're gonna get the credit level out uh, for all of our founders. Uh, we're doing something really special there happy uh, be able to go in this interactive level we're adding tool tips and loading tips small little feature most people probably aren't worried about it but it's good for new players uh, one of my favorite things in-game client messaging so when we go to shut the servers down you will get a big red text saying we're shutting it down in 15 minutes uh, so that's coming soon uh, there's a lot of back-end work I'm just gonna share it because I know a lot of people kind of wonder what goes on behind the scenes but we're doing a lot of things with DirectX 11 right now we are working on it we're just, it's such a big feature. We gotta make sure it's done right, then we don't create any issues with performance. Uh, we're doing a lot of stuff with the database and, uh, and telemetry to support the future growth, uh, because as we grow, which we are, uh, doing quite quickly, we have to make sure that the player experience and the number of matches we can support and the amount of statistics we can collect have to be um, accounted for. So we're uh, Carl, uh, who's posted a couple times on the forums, he's, uh, he's doing a lot of that work right now. Uh, we're also working on training ground, which is a little different from testing grounds. It's actually a singular map, and it's designed to train the player how to play MechWarrior. So it's more like a scripted tutorial. That's going to be further out um, because we're we're going to have to 
trade that for something else. But we're, we are working on that. That is in the plant, uh, in the in the cooker, and that's just so that a new player has an, a place to go. By the time they're done, they know how to play the game. You've we've heard me mention regional partners a bit. We are starting to build uh, work with them. We're starting to look at places like Russia and Europe, and we're just deciding who we're going to partner with to handle those regions. So you can expect some more information coming down the pipe for there. And uh, that's that's like the nutshell community warfare is there i just don't want to tease anybody too much with it uh it will start rolling out the first features will start rolling out in the next 60 days uh 60 to 90 days uh, and that will start with the ability to organize into groups so those guys who have merc units you'll be able to start creating them and start having your your tags and be assigned to it and have the concept of being part of a unit and then we'll roll out the faction the ability to be in a faction and the ability to be a in a unit within a faction, and then we'll roll out the con uh, uh, the conquest, the planetary conquest. So it's all coming. Yeah, and I just love how much is coming. It's like every month is a surprise. So um, another thing uh, before we get going is uh, again, I just want to say thank you, Brian. I know you took the time out of your day to be here, and I think you're going to stick around for the rest of the podcast. So. Uh, as we move on, I want you to pipe in, uh, you know, whenever you feel. We've got a few community questions that by, might be directed towards PGI staff. And, of course, uh, you do not have to answer them or you can just say, hey, I can't answer those at the time. I mean, I think everyone understands NDAs. And, of course, you know, that's up to you. But, uh, again, thank you for coming out. And uh, we're just going to we need to move on because we could we could literally make this whole podcast just sitting here and talking to you. It's but like uh, on. I know. Right. So I think maybe you're due for another Mech Steps and Beer. I don't know. And beer has to be there. Just saying. Just throwing that out there. Are you tired of feeling like you don't matter? Would you like to travel to worlds only seen in hollow vids? How would you like to make more money in a few months than most make in a lifetime? And most of all, would you love to be a part of a unit that plays hard and kicks ass? Then the Dreadnought Merc Corp may be the unit for you. Any mech warriors interested are welcome to come check us out. Just go to dreadnoughtmerkcorp.engine.com and take the first step in joining the Dreadnought Merc Corp. Also accepting contracts. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to Mech of the Week. More mechs, more problems. Uh, <laughs> and uh, let's see, we've got the... Now, we didn't post up the uh, community questions because we actually had so many from the uh, previous weeks. The Where they came from was that we basically just cut and pasted them for you guys. Uh, we have the Caesar that basically won last week for Mech of the Week. It was right behind, so we go ahead and went and chose that. Sorry about the website problems. It's up and running, new host, all that fun stuff. So anyways, the Caesar. Let's go ahead and dive into this. If you have no idea, here is a link. It's a Sarna.net uh, link. It's a 7-ton battle mech, uh, and it's manufactured and introduced in 3049. Now, actually, this is one of my... I know I say favorite battle mechs as you know it's, it's one of those things it did come in a book that I read early on when I got into Battletech but let's go ahead and look at the details now it's armed with a Gauss rifle an ERPPC and four medium pulse lasers goes 64.8 kph with an XL280 it is quite expensive 13 and a half million C bills uh, a lot of upgrades there obviously with the XL and that type of weaponry in the Battletech universe was expensive 
and it was designed to do as much damage as possible from a great distance as possible and um, there wasn't really any variants or interesting ones the the 4r is interesting it has a mask and a snub nose ppc i'm actually never actually i think we actually have used this boo used it against us in a mega mech campaign but it did have a significant pilot and if you guys read the book double blind it had marcus giovanti giovanti uh in it and uh he basically rebuilt it with clan tech that they had captured uh, during some of the clan invasions. So he had like a clan ERPPC and I think a clan cost rifle on it. Aesthetically, I've always loved this mech. It's a it's a very pleasing, rounded sort of. I don't know. Uh, what about you guys? Did you ever use uh, it? To... I want to like the Caesar so much because I like its weapon loadout, but I can't get past this. It's gripping a pistol and I can't stand it. <laughs> I agree. It's like a sleeker version of the cataphract. I mean, that's what. It's right. Sort of like I, a... actually, I don't. I don't know if it's sleeker. I mean, it's got some smoother lines, but I kind of like the cataphract's design a little better. You know I mean, it looks more like a battle mech looks. You know, this looks weird, like an alien pod. To me, what it looks like is the uh, the pods from Robotech. I mean, a little bit different, but that it gives me the same feeling, the same idea. Whatever, I'll take my damn pod. I like it. Anyways, it is expensive, so if you're going to do the uh, uh, campaign or anything with this as far as the tabletop, um, just keep that in mind. If you throw it out there, $13.5 million, and that's uh, if you don't do any customizations to it. It is a nice mech. It does have a lot of hard-hitting firepower, Gauss Rifle and an ERPPC, not to mention the pulse lasers in the tabletop get a uh, you know, modifier to hit. So just keep that in mind. I like it. And uh, yeah, let us know what you guys think, if you guys like it or not. Horned Owl says Ost Scout, which I agree. It kind of looks like that, which yeah. I've never really liked. I didn't like that design either. All right, so we're going to go ahead and move on to community questions because we have quite a few from the last few weeks. Obviously, Garth is still on vacation. Hopefully, he'll be back. He's been joining us on his spare time for the Twitch events. But let's go ahead and roll into the community questions. And now, disclaimer, we can't answer everything. And some of these are directed to PGI. And if they don't want to answer, they don't have to. Let's go ahead and ask. We've got Norris, and he asks, it has been a long time since the last bit of concept art, and on the NGNG podcast from about a month ago, PGI said, soon. Can we get a firm date or an ETA on concept art? And, you know, uh, can anybody else post up anything except, you know, Garth, uh, Brian, any any hint or answer or anything to firm up that? So I guess if you think about a concept art in two, fa two facets, it would be the mech art. So from the mech point of view, uh, new mech announcements, we're holding off for a little bit and it's it's partially marketing reasons. It's, so I just bear with us. We're actually creating space in our schedule and I'll let you figure that out on your own. But uh, I'll see if uh, Dennis can post some of the uh, other concept pieces he's been working on, uh, especially for things like Tourmaline and, and some of the other maps we've done. Yeah. So it's not because you ran out of ideas? Uh, no, no, definitely not. I mean, our backlog, backlog, which is where we store all of our ideas, is uh, takes up most of our, our storage space. It's I was going to say, you do realize us addicts of mech porn we like mech porn i post it up on our facebook time all the time and they love this stuff so i think what they're wanting and specifically is they want the mechs give them the goods and they will throw their money at you so good question and hey, is it cruel of, of me to say that i have at least six more designed already sitting in the mm, yeah that guy all right next Probably question we have super mono says have they considered what impact premium modules will have on the potential esport future of the game 
for future implementation of items. Now, this is actually something we talked about last week when we look at, uh, you know, artillery strikes and airstrikes and, and coolant being sort of like a power. You know, obviously, yeah, there's delays in the airstrikes and stuff like that, but uh, premium modules, only MC, how are they going to affect the competitive side, sort of the esports, or if there's tournaments and stuff. What are your guys' thoughts? I mean, is that something that you sort of have to see it implemented before, you know, make a call yeah, on? I think our goal with consumables and the nice thing about the whole system is it sits over top and beside of the core rules, right? So we can have flexibility with it. We don't, we're not beholden to, oh, this is how it was done on the tabletop, or this is how it was done in McWarrior 3, 4, 5, you know, previous games, right? We can we can kind of have liberty to make something that works good for our game. And with that comes the ability to tune it how we see fit. Uh, so that's when we go forward to esports uh, and to community warfare, we can make adjustments to how they work very easily without impacting core rule sets. You know, Darren or Brandon or Greg, do you guys have any feelings on it? I mean, just sort of like, do you have any fears or are you any anxiety on that? Fears? Well, you know, artillery and and uh, you know aerospace uh, aerospace strikes and stuff like that. We've had a f I've had a few people say that you know they just want mech combat and that's all they want and you know they feel like it's, it's their skill against someone else's skill. But as soon as you introduce these things, it's not necessarily about skill. And especially when they're talking about the premium modules. I mean, how do you guys feel about that? Sometimes when I'm asleep at night, I hear sounds. <laughs> And sometimes I, it feels like they're getting closer, like there's aerospace bombs beginning to drop <laughs> around me, and all of a sudden they get flashbacks and I wake up in a cold sweat. Is it troops? Is it armor? Yeah, I, I, whatever, you know, I mean, with anything, I think it just needs to be incorporated and it needs to go for a while and you see how it is and it's either good or it's not and things get adjusted. I'm, I'm nothing, I'm not afraid of anything. Except Personally, for I love it. spiders. The unseen. And spiders. I, I really love the idea of having aerospace in there. I mean, armor, I, I'm neither here nor there with, but aerospace I always thought was really cool. And especially on larger maps, like maybe Tourmaline, where you can really have that feeling of streaking over the battlefield, doing a strafing run, and then turning around and maybe having a nice rolling dogfight while mechs are below you, shooting PPCs at each other. And that's a lot of fun. You're dreaming, buddy. All right, well, apparently... Uh... Some people have some concerns, and well, let us know what you guys I, think out in the audience. I think the biggest concerns came from before the clarification with the consumables, where one tier was obviously a lot better, but now where they're a little bit more balanced, a little bit not on edge about it. So it's like, hey, if you're going to introduce it, as long as everyone can use it, and no one gets a sort of power boost over exactly. the other. Exactly, as long as no okay. one's getting a, an advantage in any way. It's All, right. All right, next question we have is uh, Harabek. I think that's how you pronounce it. How long has the coolant flush module and other consumables been planned, and were they introduced to be kind of a replacement for R&R, repair and rearm, and any ideas what to expect in the future for consumables? Brian? Uh, no, they weren't a replacement for R&R. &R. Uh, we have something else we're toying with to help kind of bring back some of the theories of R&R, &R, but we're not happy with the design yet. Uh, so I'll, I'll keep you guys posted if we ever come up with something that I think works nicely. Uh, the consumables were designed to add a level of strategy to the gameplay. Something else players could do, especially scouts and especially commanders. Something they could do via the battle grid that they could help or change the tide of battle uh, and uh, force players to think outside of their mech, so to speak, literally. So they have to be uh, aware of the fact that if they go and do something, there might be a counter to what they're doing. 
I was going to say, Darren, me and you were actually talking with uh, Ohmwrecker about uh, rearm repair in another game. And, you know, we even talked about MWO and it's like to balance a game based off uh, repairs and stuff. It just it, it would it's so negative because like, you know, your more expensive stuff, the stuff that you want to take out and that you feel like you really want to play, you can't. And it really only punishes those that don't have all the time in the world to play and, and there's so there's guys that literally play this game non-stop and they're going to benefit from that type of system because they have more time they can grind out you know in other mechs maybe it's sort of a, a, a nice setup i remember i didn't have really high repair costs in my 4p so i could just keep doing that or my founders and stuff i just it was just one of those things where I just never really liked rearm repair, and uh, I on the BattleTech fan inside me and the logistics. Like I'd love to see something like that, but I just don't know about this type of game model. I think it penalizes us more than it, you know, frees us and makes it fun. And uh, well, that's just uh, my opinion, of course. We have Adam. Wow, I don't know. Adam, how do you pronounce that? Adamantine Viper. Adamantine Viper. Okay, that that dude Viper. I've got a question for the devs. In the Conquest game mode, as it stands right now, we get no experience for capping resource points. My question is, why do we not get XP for capping resource points? In my opinion, it defeats the purpose of being in Conquest game mode. I'm not looking for a lot of XP, but something to make capping worthwhile while I'm still getting it. Throw dog a bone. Yeah, that dog can get a bone. Uh, we're working on uh, revamping some of the rewards, the rewards for uh, Conquest mode, so expect something along those lines. Uh, final details aren't out yet. Bam! Look at that. It's like we ask and he's like telling us. Kalius asks, the original design in the PC Gamer magazine promised a completely different game mode for Conquest. Do they have any plans, either short-term or long-term, on doing it the way they said, or has this focus shifted to something completely different? Also, are they happy with how it plays now? Um, do we know what he's... Uh, is he talking about dropship mode that was talked about in the PC Gamer? No, uh, in the PC Gamer, there was the talk about Conquest mode having uh, defense turrets, and also, um, I think it was, quote, not just running to points, end quote. That's gotcha. right. Yeah, so the, that conquest is an evolution of what we have right now and is coming as part of community warfare. It's more about the territory conquest. So it, they get interchanged and we use different nomenclature and I kind of we kind of changed the name of different modes. So it was just it's just vernacular. So yes, that that is still in development and is still planned to happen. It's just going to be more about the community warfare aspects than the current modes. Gotcha. All right, we've got another question, Clay, and he says, why are the battle grid squares not static in size? And he's referring to the grid squares in Alpine. And actually, I, was, I made this reference and Garth was said that's actually coming. So I know that you guys are addressing that. But will they be the same in all maps? And I guess the answer is you guys are working on that, right? Yeah, that's probably just a technical art issue. Uh, an artist has the liberty to do what they want there. So my apologies, there's a disconnect. So we'll make I was sure gonna, fix that. I was going to say, like, have you ever been on Alpine? You're like, oh, he's only a grid square away. He's not too far. Half an hour later, you get to it. You're like, oh, yeah. So yes, uh, one grid. Um, I think it'll make it a little bit more difficult because the grid squares on that map will shrink down. And so I think you will have to utilize hitting your map to get a correct grid location. And that being said, with such a big grid, having the grid grid a letter and number maybe a uh, uh, very lightly on the the grid itself might be helpful too i, I don't know we'll have to see that but uh good question uh heart uh harbeek says someone brought up a question recently about if they were still planning for dropship uh a mutator when in 
when in one of the recent Ask the Devs, they said, no new game modes planned currently. It'd be nice to hear if that's still coming or not. So you already mentioned dropship mode, Brian. So I'm assuming that's still in development? Yeah, dropship, and it's, it's kind of like training grounds, testing grounds. It, the meaning has evolved over time. Uh, there's two parts to dropship. There's the mutator, which is you know goes back to an unreal term where you can change a mode with a, a set of variables. And so how we've what what dropship mutator is in our in our world is respawns essentially. So you can bring up to four mechs to the battlefield, and when you die, you respawn in another mech that you've brought to the battlefield. It also uh, means the virtual dropship of the lobby system where you have four slots you can bring you can you bring your dropship to battle and you get to pick one of four mechs to take into battle so we've even internally we have multiple uses for that word when we actually formalize what that mutator that mode becomes uh we'll we'll rename it to something more appropriate but yes it's still in development uh it's again that's more part of community warfare uh and that mode that i just was talking about gotcha all right, one last question from Community Questions. We have JL, and he asks, the Vision Mode Magnus scan, is there any information on this? And is it going to be soon? How do you see it being implemented? And thank you again, JL, for that question. It's still, uh, it's a timing thing, really. Right now, we're just trying to fix up uh, the night vision and thermal vision to make them uh balanced and look good. There was a post by Matt Craig recently last week that I think everybody is excited about. Uh, it really overhauls how it works. It also, we're trying to uh, make, right now the de facto standard is thermal. And we're really trying to make sure that thermal is used when it's supposed to be used and that night vision is used when it's supposed to be used. Uh, making there a clear definition and make sure that one's not better than the other. Uh, rather, there's a good reason to use both. So once that's done, then we're going to go back and look at the, the, the mag scan and, and figure out how we're going to execute that. We have a visual design already that Alex uh, put, created for us. Looks really good. No ETA yet. Awesome. Well, I will say that uh, I'm, and we'll talk about the thermals and uh, the night vision in just a second, but I will say thank you to that. But we're going to go ahead and open up to live studio questions from the audience. What you do right now is X up. I'm going to pick three questions and then we're going to move on. And again, if you're going to ask Brian a question, please be respectful and uh, keep in mind he may not be able to answer it specifically. So let's go ahead and roll in here. If I can have Carry On Crow unmute, Carry On Crow. Right. You guys hear me all right? Yep, gotcha. Good deal. All right, my question revolves around uh, the critical system and MGs in specific. I know you guys went ahead and did the critical system, but largely most of us kind of feel that, at least from my point of view, that it's useless simply because of the lack of internal structure. And so what I'm, my question really boils down to is hoping to have a, uh, an upgrade to the MG itself as a more viable, low-weight ballistic option for some mechs. Uh, right now, we're not looking to change the uh, damage, per se, of the MG. Uh, we felt that we found a nice balance between it being a, a kind of a, a kill weapon rather than an armor stripping weapon. We are looking at fleshing out the critical system. It's not complete. Uh, we have a bigger design for it. Uh, it's just, it's a huge system. And so we're slowly adding more and more details to it. So as we do that, I think you'll see the MG becomes more more useful. I was going to say, it's always been an interesting conversation. We've had this actually plenty of times on the podcast of, you know, machine guns and uh, small weaponry and stuff. 
how in the tabletop, of course, they're very effective against some units and not so much against others. And it's really tough from the, the balance design because they basically become a sort of a mini ballistic weapon, basically like a mini auto cannon. And obviously, you know, um, carry on. I think your concerns are why, why take them, you know, and stuff like that. And I actually, I don't use them, to be honest. I, I, I just, uh, me personally, I just, I've never used them, never felt they were really a viable thing. But I guess if you have an extra ballistic slot and you have free tons, uh, they might uh, serve a purpose. But uh, good question, carry on, and I appreciate it. All right. All right. Next question we have is let's go with uh, Big Chunk One. Big Chunk, what's going on, man? Hey, thanks for taking my question. All right, this one's sort of an easy one. Um, what are your favorite uh, weapons in the game? Your favorite uh, map so far in the game, and what do you like the most about what's in your game right now? Is that directed to Brian or? Yeah, Brian. Okay. All right. Well, I my my favorite mech is Hunchback. I really like 4SP. I'm starting to fall in love with the Trebuchet a little bit because it has similarities. But uh, I do I do like missiles. Uh, I do run SRMs uh, a lot. And I like the balance between that and the beams on the, the 4SP. Uh, I'm not huge into ballistics yet, but I'm, I'm waiting for the state rewind to get tidied up there. And then I think I'm going to fall in love with them because I really like the punch of, of the um, of the ACs. Uh, what the, My favorite map is actually Forest Colony. Uh, and for a variety of reasons, it's technically probably our, our most balanced map. Uh, just because it has cl three clear routes and it's it's very easy to defend and it's very easy to develop tactics for it. Uh, I know people are probably sick of Forest Calling because it was their first map, but I I'm, I've always I kind of fell in love with it early on. Uh, what I'm really what I love about our game is that when you sit down and you finally get it and you actually you you know you get used to the controls and you, you get you figure out how to move your mech around and you understand how the weapon systems work, it. The, the game is so impactful. You really feel like you're hitting and fighting to the death against these enemies. And it's just this massive battle of attrition. I feel like we captured that. And, and just the intensity of the combat is it's always in your face, which was our goal day one. I think Ferocious brings it to mind. Good question, Big Chunk. I appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for taking it. All right, next question we have is Pancake Man. What's going on, Pancake? Go ahead, unmute and ask away. Says to give him a second. He wasn't prepared. Pull your pants back on, Pancake. Put them on. Hey, I just, it's not actually a question. Uh, I just wanted to commend you guys on Alpine. It is absolutely one of the most gorgeous maps <clears throat> I have ever played in a game. I find myself, like, zooming in at, like, bases and going, oh, that's pretty, and then getting shot. <laughs> There so again, not really a question, but just you guys did a fantastic job. I think on that. he is digitally stroking you right now, Brian. I think that's what he's uh, doing. Yeah, it is. It is actually. Yeah, my wife's here too, so I don't want to sound too. <laughs> no, Hello. Uh, well, thanks a lot for that, uh, Dennis <laughs> and uh, Kevin and the art team there. They they do an amazing job of putting these maps together. And Thad and David Chang, who are our level designers, uh, Viona and uh, and all those guys. It's just they do amazing work. So really proud of them. And you know, I think if you liked Alpine you're probably really going to like Desert because it has that massive scale, but it has a, even more detail. Yeah, it's All just right. fantastic. Good oh game. Thanks, guys. G good statement, I should say. Next question. All right, we're going to go ahead and move on to MechRall 9. And again, Brian, I think you have to go soon, so just pipe in when you have to leave. It is perfectly okay. Now, we've got uh, this past uh, weekend, we had 10% off the MC prices of all non-hero mechs. And I guess, uh, did I buy anything? I actually, no. I... Uh, 
Uh, believe it or not, last Saturday I got engaged. Yes, I popped the question to my girl. Totally surprised shit ever, by the way. She, I mean, she didn't even didn't even see it coming. She was like, "Really? Are you are you like?" She turned around to like her parents and grandparents. She was like, "Is he serious?" Like, <laughs> so I was busy on the weekend, so I actually didn't. Quick, baby, is this a yes or a no? I'm about to drop. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, did you guys buy do anything? Uh, X5. That's the most recent Mac I purchased. Okay, okay. So that obviously is the Hero Mac, the X5. Uh, but uh, I love these little deals. I know some people were like, "Oh, God, why did you just do it? I just bought some X a few days ago." But isn't that how it always is, right? It always. Every freaking computer hardware. Anyway, we had the uh, Top Gun challenge over the weekend, and the winners are Maverick. Well, Goose is dead. Now, obviously, there's a lot of winners here. Um, I can't name them all, but uh, a lot of people actually participate i actually want to get the numbers maybe i'll bug uh brian or garth you know on that uh, as far as the total numbers but i'm sure quite a bit it looks like five million c-bill winner was uh uh agent bc so uh freaking sweet there and there's a ton of names on there so a lot of people were playing that some people uh felt it was a little bit better of a tournament than their first one so kudos i actually look forward to future ones you know just throw out a suggestion there People like shit, and what I mean by that is they like like banners, maybe a custom paint job. Uh, you can almost imagine where there's a mech named after him. I don't know. There's, there, I'm sure, Brian. There's a ton of ideas that you guys have already t- tossed internally that would make everyone in here like a little schoolgirl if they could get to win. <laughs> you bet. Yeah. I mean, this is just we're we're doing tests right now. Um, we're trying to trying different formats out. We're we're watching the analytics. We're making sure we're checking in if people are abusing systems, and and uh, we're happy with the last format it was good i think we have a we're testing out one more format uh not this weekend but the weekend after uh it's gonna be uh more uh it really focuses on allowing players to play any time during the challenge and it's going to take their top x number of matches for each challenge this was a request from the community we listened we're going to execute it so once we get the numbers back from that we'll see which tournament uh is the most successful and we'll probably keep rolling them out uh, the last tournament we did about 4,000 people which is what we expected given the fact that uh it was very specific times and participation was subject to being available so we figured we're going to have less of an uptake or uh, less less of an opt-in as the uh, first one awesome all right we also had consumables and back to the drawing board now we already talked about this it was sort of funny we talked about it on the podcast last week then literally the day after you guys posted oh well hey we've rethought of it and i guess to take out of all this is there is no more at least pay to win people uh, uh, fears have been alleviated you guys did have valid concerns and we talked about that last week and i guess the gist of it is everything you can do with mc you can do with c bills it's just it's about convenience and that's actually how a lot of uh, free-to-play games are it's about convenience you know what you want that in c bills you're gonna uh, you know just have to pay for it it may just or gxp you might have to grind a little bit more but uh, overall i like it again i'm still a little hesitant me personally uh, uh about the coolant i guess that's my my, my critical thing and brian you can uh, just tell me to shut up but uh you know why are we we're so close to seeing a real Battletech sense of heat in the game, and um, that was my one concern, and is uh, introducing something that has to do with heat when it's so close. You know, it's, uh, that's just me, though. But uh, that was yeah, my one Yeah, I know. It, it, it's a tough one. Uh, we... It's designed again. It's designed to. It's it's a bit of an easy button. We know that, but it's really designed in that key moment when you're just about to kill somebody and you just need that extra little bit. 
it gets you over the hump. It's very situational. Uh, I know people are going to find a lot of ways to to use it in things in ways we've never even thought of, and we look forward to that. And like I've always said, we're, we keep our eye on everything, and we look forward to tuning it if it becomes an issue. Gotcha. And again, I have faith. I just, it's one of those where I was like, hmm. All right. So we also had the new controls, which you already talked about. So we don't have to go into that. And we did have Ask the Devs 33. Now we just highlighted a few things and we'll just go over there. Are there plans for giving the players ability to choose the type of map they want? And you already actually talked about this, not outright, but they plan to allow match players ability to vote for the next map. I actually like that. That's very cool. When can we have custom clan prefix tags in the next few months? Kudos, so I can rock the aces. Uh, will we ever see mech color patterns displayed in smaller portrait in the mech bay rather than the stock versions? Yes, they're working on a re-render to target, uh, uh, so that's coming. Uh, will we be allowed to purchase garage kits for our mechs to offer cosmetic physical changes such as alternate heads and shoulders? Yes, no ETA. By the way, this totally caught me by surprise. I, holy crap, like if you... If you guys do this, yes, uh, I, I did. Like, is anybody else? Uh, Greg, Brandon, Darren, did you guys see this coming? Like, I had no idea they were planning on like letting. Like, I want to change the Atlas head. I want like a skull. Like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like all these. I little... saw this coming. Um, did you? Honestly, I did. Like with uh, them going to the free-to-play model, I pretty much assumed that at some point we would be seeing something like this uh, because that's skinning like the... and adding in cosmetic. Uh, physical changes to your avatar or mech in this case are like a tried and true money, way right? yeah, planet it's a side, tried and true way to make money planet side 2 model kind of you know like being able to make uh, little tiny improvements or changes to your armor etc wear yeah. hats <laughs> hats Anyway, so baseball cap on my atlas, please. Brian, I am actually looking forward to this and seeing at what level of detail you are taking it. And I, I will say this: you guys do it the way like I picture it in my head, and you are literally going to get money thrown at you guys. And you know, I think it's fair to say that. I mean, you guys are a business. You guys uh, bring out the A game. We're going to toss the <laughs> money right at you. So there's another. Uh, let's see. Will there ever be a chance for scatter drop? Basically, a random start location for mechs when they drop due to emergency or bad exit from the ship. No plans. I um, would always drop right in the middle of the enemy group. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Spawning right in front of uh, you know a bunch of uh, splat cats. When I say a lot of times it's funny, I have to answer those things. I get about two hours to answer. I don't know how many questions there are. It's like a hundred questions, it seems like. So I, I try to be short and clear. No plans for me, just so people understand what that means, is no plans at the moment, but you never know. Gotcha. Well, you know, it's one of those things, too, from a design and technical i'm sure it's a pain in the ass but uh we got uh, when will mwo be flight stick and throttle compatible uh, natively and the answer is we should see an improved experience with the next patch and by the way i just want to give a quick shout out to a giveaway we're going to be doing very very soon it's a razor nostromo it's actually sitting on my desk right over there and that's thank you to one of our ngng fans thank you again for donating the money to be able to purchase that and uh, that's actually sitting right over there in the box i got it uh yesterday in the mail so we'll be giving that out uh, in a giveaway in the not too distant future so thank you again you know who you are we appreciate it i'm gonna have to jump out uh, i have another meeting i have to run off to so i just wanted to say thanks again for having me on i really appreciate you guys listening and uh, your support with mwo you guys do a fantastic job and thanks to all the fans for uh playing with us 
Well, hey, thank you, Brian. Uh, you've given these guys way more, and you've given us tonight. I wasn't expecting all that tidbits, so I guess maybe I have to get you on the show a little bit more. Hmm, Garth replacement. Anyways, thank you again, Brian. Have a great day, and uh, yeah, have a great week, man. We'll, we will uh, be in touch. All right, take care, guys. Bye. Later, bud. All right, so we had the Jaegermech background image come out in the desert map. Actually, Brandon, literally... Brennan, so awesome. Something will come out, and it hasn't even been out for like half a second, and he's already like, "How do you do that, Chip, Brennan?" It's a secret. Around in game files, he doesn't want to give you his job. And here is a link. If someone can link it real quick, I think Brennan's in charge of that, or someone. There's a link, and it's the Jagermech in the background image. Now, off this image, I'm going to guess two AC5s, two medium lasers, and two LRM15s of some sort. So freaking badass. Yeah, it looks fantastic. Uh, I want, I want, <laughs> I want. Even if it's inferior and there's some other better mech with a better build, you know, that's similar, I don't care. That just looks freaking awesome. <laughs> yes. I'm not even that much of a big fan of the Jaeger mech usually. I mean, it always seemed a little underpowered, but the way that thing looks, it's everything I liked about the rifle. It's now, got that torso with the arms. It's got that, uh, how, how should I put it, that like anti-aircraft cannon walking around kind of look with those terrorists. How do you guys feel about the legs, though? Is it the perspective, or is it just me? But the legs look massive compared to like the upper torso. Does anybody else see really that? Spread out. It looks really, really wide. If they were brought in a little bit closer together, I think they would be a little Maybe bit better. Maybe he's got uh, a massive aesthetic. package. You know, he's got it's got to be... <laughs> They're a little thick, but if you think about it, if the Jagermech is supposed to be an anti-aircraft platform, and it was, you know, it's wide sort stance. of plants there. Yeah, wide stance, carries a lot of recoil. Well, and I will it would say be really this. cool if they reduced the recoil for the mech as one of its quirks. Someone's been asking me why I have so much C-bills. I think I'm over 30 some odd. It's because of this mech. Uh, however many variants they're introducing, I'm buying all three. Right. Yes, I'm prepping. So, you know, it's, a, you know. I didn't even think about that. I yeah. start doing that as well. Yeah, you better get to work. So, all right. So that was awesome. And obviously the desert map, very, very alien. A good spot last week when uh, Brandon showed us that uh, peak from the files. Uh, we showed that picture. And sort of uh, previewed that it was a, the top-down map view and obviously I'm actually looking forward to this it's bigger he said it helps with uh, you know when 12v12 comes in so again I'll just sort of wait to see it I want to see it but obviously there's a preview so I'm looking forward to that and that's next Tuesday guys next Tuesday less than a week six days and we will have a new mech and another map bam it's right there so you can have all the trebuchets at yeah. ah yeah falling behind slacker just saying all right, so we got so, so just about speaking about falling behind because I'm way behind. Somebody the other day was telling me that they pretty much maxed out every single mech. That is and insane. I don't know people are doing that, but that seemed crazy to me. Oh, I know people with hundreds of millions of C bills, you know, and I'm like, eh, yeah, I just don't have the time. Like, <laughs> too much stuff with that GNG. So, all right, we also have Design a Heavy Mech event going on live right now. Here's the link, or if someone, Brandon, you're in charge of the links. Make sure to go over there and uh, post up your designs. Now, there are rules. There are uh, guidelines that you should follow. Keep that in mind. Don't post uh, actually on the thread. You're supposed to just post the designs themselves. I don't know if they're okay if you post a Smurfy or anything like that uh, as far as SmurfyNet or the, uh, the Goons. They, they I'm not don't sure. want Smurfy to be your primary. They want you to use the format they give. Adding a Smurfy link at the end, though, is, I think is all right so people can see a better representation of what you're trying to build. 
Well, very, very cool. I actually want to see more of these, uh, to be honest. I'm, you know, I'm going I'm to go out and limb and say your guys' designs and ideas are probably better than mine. But that being said, uh, I'm actually interested to see what sort of comes out of this. And I'm interested to see what comes out of this in the future. I mean, they really have a possibility of doing like a, a, a build a mech tournament concept. I mean, they could even introduce new chassis that are based on, uh, should I say, you know, artwork. I mean, there's so much. They really can do. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this. So good on you, PGI, for making that. I think a lot of people will, will enjoy this. We had the command chair, dev stalker, of course, ECM info update coming soon. This is actually something that I'm actually glad that's coming to light. We all know ECM is very, very uh, powerful. You know, you can disrupt, you can counter, you block, uh, you know, radar from uh, friendlies. I mean, you, you can do so much with it. That being said, there is no negatives really to it. You, you never see a DDC without ECM. You never see a Raven 3L without ECM. You never see so it'll be interesting to see what they do with it if any changes will come out of it. And I'm actually interested to hear your guys' opinions. And I've actually been trying to read through that thread slowly because there is a lot of information. So good on you. Keep up the adult and I guess discussions, right? Uh, be cool about it. So they might actually read it. We've got Matthew Craig on the new vision modes. And yes, yes, yes. Any other, uh, you know, ex-military out there that are happy about this change with thermals and night vision? Yes. Anybody? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, I'm just saying the thermal modes. I've been wanting that. I want the ability to switch between white hot and black hot just for the contrast. Sometimes it's better. I will say this, though, for those that have never used thermal modes in real life, there is a problem with thermals. If it is cold outside and everything is cold, Cold, you don't see shit. <laughs> um, I remember I was at Lejeune and we were out on the tank range and it, it was uh, for a few hours just kept getting colder and colder and colder and the range got so cold and everything else was the same temperature uh, and it was a little bit foggy. We couldn't see in front of each, uh, in front of our tank. So it didn't matter. And so what I'm interested in is seeing how they handle that. Are they going to implement something like that to where like uh, imagine, um, you know, frozen city uh, daytime that uh, thermals don't really help you out as much and you really you know it's swimming well, around in a, a you know a sea of fog there well even if everything is cold i mean the nuclear reactors inside all the mechs are still gonna look hot right um well this is something that i want to bring to your attention they recently said something about steam being in uh coming off the locations where the heat sinks are and like legs and stuff when your mech is in water i'm wondering is if they're going to change up how the heats like are there going to be individual locations on the mech that are hot does that make sense so you actually see like hot spots on the mech like to me i've always felt like if you're PPCs are firing, the end of your barrel would be the thing glowing hot, especially in thermals and stuff. Uh, so little details like that. I don't want just a, a glow, a full glow. It's like... Uh, no, not a full glow, but like every mech has a reactor core where the engine is, and it's shielded, but it's still hot. That's why they have heat sinks even for mechs that we don't think of them as, as generating a lot of heat, like uh, the Locust. It has well, a one laser and a bunch of machine guns, but it's a hot mech because when you run it generates heat it's supposed to but anyway. you gotta remember the mech is made out of um you know metals and alloys and stuff the outside in the mech would be relatively cool especially in a cool environment anyways i, I guess what i'm saying is not to get into much detail so anyways very very cool i'm excited and thank god they're looking at night vision i have oh god i've hated it <laughs> i'm not gonna lie it's just been one of those things all right, so moving on from that, uh, we've got uh, MechWarrior Tactics, of course, the Founders program is going on. 
Uh, I, you know, I'm reaching out, trying to get a little bit more info, but obviously NDA, they can't say anything yet. I'm actually really excited when we can, uh, you know, start streaming footage and talking about the game. And as soon as we can, yeah, you know, like I want to be able to talk about this and, and go out there. So again, if you haven't, uh, make sure to go to the founders program link. It's right there in the chat. Hey, if you, you know, want to support the project, uh, the founders program, it's like the, the, the lowest one's 20 bucks. And the amount of stuff you get back, I think it's worth 20 bucks. Uh, you know, actually, I think it's quite a you know good deal for $20. Hey, if you want to see that uh, game succeed, again, help go support it. Uh, check out that Founders uh, program link. All right, we've got Battletech, the board game. Again, this podcast is actually sponsored by Catalyst Games. Thank you again to Randall Bills for setting up that. All the items are sitting on a nice table, organized, and in boxes right over here. When are we going to be giving those away? As soon as our new website has gone live, we will be doing those through the website and a system that's a little bit more appropriate. So uh, stay tuned. We've got stuff like the uh, five um, introductory box sets. We've got TROs. Uh, we've got uh, hex mech, uh, map packs. Uh, we've got a ton of cool stuff. And there's actually two uh, art books, you know, uh, Battletech art, uh, you know, 25 years. Whole, even my girl was like, holy, you know, holy crap, these things are nice. So, And of course, if you're uh, out right there in the uh, live studio audience right now, you can't really see it. But hey, if you guys have been following me on the Twitch, and for those that are watching this video, you'll see these uh, posters. These are actually, I've got them in glass containers. I want to say again, thank you to Chris and Jamie Adams for making these. Holy crap, they're amazing. And they even printed them out for me. I've got them in glass uh, wall hangs right here. And for all those out in the live studio audience, if you haven't seen them, you'll have to check out this video um, afterwards when we post it up on YouTube. So again, thank you, Jamie and Chris. It's amazing. They even made us these uh, business cards. NGNG has business cards here. The thing, uh, you guys will be able to check it out later. But uh, very, very cool. Thank you again. MechWarrior Tactical Command. Uh, actually, I don't know if you guys realize this, but they have a possible iPhone version coming soon via their Facebook page. And uh, I don't know how you guys feel about this. Again, I know a lot of people are like, so what? Android? What about Android? Anything else than iPhone products? Um, and I can understand that. It, it is an iPad game, but obviously they're going to iPhone. I don't know how it's going to play on the phone. And uh, tell you I'm going to try it now because my wife has an iPhone, so I will try it and I'll give some feedback. <laughs> All right. Well, let me know what you think, and uh, we'll get out. Obviously, we've got more posters to give away uh, from Tactical Command. Thank you again, uh, Persona Studios, for getting me those. I've already sent the two out, uh, one to Canada, one to Australia, and uh, more of those to be given out in the near future. So... All right, we've got Facebook. We've got 3,057 likes and followers on Facebook. Holy crap. Again, it's a great way for us to get you information. If you haven't given us a like, go ahead and go over there right now and do that. The reason being is it's a great way for us to get you information instantly. Hey, you know what? You don't like Facebook. Totally get it. Social media. You can always uh, check us out at Twitter, No Guts, No Galaxy, and our YouTube channel, No Guts, No Galaxy TV. Hey, go to our website you know, and register. That way you can participate in the community questions and make the week and hey if you like what we're doing with the uh, youtube videos maybe give us a like uh you know maybe a subscribe you know something like that and that way you guys can get notifications and uh right away so i'd like to say thank you again to everyone our community our staff members our new staff members <laughs> and uh everyone behind the scene ngng crew is actually uh quite large uh, i've got a full uh master list of everyone and uh, we've got people uh, working literally on the other side of the world thank you again max podcast sounds awesome and I just want to say thank you, Darren. I'm so glad you're better. And uh, you have to get your staples out tomorrow, don't you? Yes. 
Are you looking forward to that? No. Why not? I thought you were a glutton for uh, punishment. Uh, no. Not looking no? forward to it, but uh, I will be better than ever. Painkillers, man. Solves everything. All right, and this was your local No Guts, No Galaxy, MechWare podcast. We hope you enjoyed tonight's show. This is Phil. This is Darren. This is Brandon, also known as Patrick Hill. This is Greg. Until next time, Mech Warriors.